welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, we have CEO and co-founder of Fueled by Fire Mastery Program, author, speaker, podcast host, and expert in business psychology, and so much more. I'm excited to welcome today our podcast, 49% Boss Lady and 51% Missionary, Stacey Wallace. Stacey, welcome very much to the podcast. Oh man, I gotta have that like recorded for me and sampled so I can wake up to that every morning. Like, yes, introducing world. Yeah, that's great. I'm excited to be here. And uh, the more that I dug into you and what you're about, I could have said so much more. But rather than me talking about it, I'm sure our listeners would much prefer to hear it from you. So, would you like to share a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and also about your books as well? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's a long story because I've been around here for a while. (laughs) And uh, for 35 years, I've had some pretty amazing wins in the area of business development, business psychology. Uh, We've scaled companies into the hundreds of millions from scratch, uh, taken and started sales teams from scratch to over 250,000, written eight books, a lot of curriculum, sung at the Olympics, I'm a black belt in karate. Uh, There's just a lot that goes on with 52 years of life and being a bit of a warrior. And uh, I am a risk taker. I am one who I'm I'm not going to give up, let up or shut up until God (laughs) takes me up. So I have a statement that uh, in every negotiation, in every business, whether it goes uh, smoothly or not, I believe that all things work together for good to them that are called to a higher purpose. And I always say warriors don't retreat, they reload. So hopefully today uh, we got some warriors out here, whether you're in the finest times of your life, whether you're in beast mode or moving into your best mode, hopefully this podcast is going to do something to pump you up. <laughs> it certainly will. And I'm sure the listeners are so excited for that because that's one of the things that I notice time and time again with your saying where it's Warriors don't retreat, they reload. And looking at where you've come from as well, listening to your TED Talk, which is brilliant, and I'd recommend people go listen to it. Would you be able to explain how you can take the concepts of basketball, for example, or your life and really transition it across to business? Because that's what I love to do. Absolutely. Because there's so many similarities. But would you be able to give us a rundown on how you've done it? Absolutely. Well, you know, If you've ever had any kind of success, whether it's in sports, whether it's in family, I've been married for 25 years. I've got two incredible entrepreneurial uh, young people, 21 and 22 years old, that are just pursuing life at the highest level. 
Uh, my son is a multi-million dollar producing real estate agent. He's also inside of our company as one of our certified trainers in magnetic sales mastery. Uh, my daughter is a certified HubSpot specialist and she runs all of our lead acquisition. And people always ask us, how do you how do you build a life? Our, our tagline is building a purpose-driven, faith-based life, highly profitable life and business that you love mm. and one that you can leave to your family. Yeah. A lot of people build and, and they're building for temporary gain, but they're not thinking about the long-term perspective of generational wealth and legacy mm. and moving from success to significance. And so in our programs, we have a mastery program, mastermind, as well as a platinum program where we work with CEOs and influencers and thought leaders, where we help and we, we, I know a lot of people that are good at making money, but they're not great at doing life. Mm -hmm. And if you're not great at doing life and business, you won't ever master the art of peace and profits. And so that Ted talk is talking all about how to turn adversity or, or tension into trajectory. And mm -hmm. we use some methods inside of our programs, like the 1% method. Uh, we do the sweet spot audit. There's a number of things that we do to help a leader get positioned, what we call under the spout where favor and abundance flow out. Mm -hmm. and, and in our life, you know, obviously I use a lot of stories that I've been through as diagnosed with cystic fibrosis as a baby, which 52 years ago, there were no therapies for that. So most babies died at the age of two or, or younger. Mm -hmm. um, I was miraculously healed. My grandpa was a missionary and sent missionaries all around the world uh, through his Bible college. My dad was a preacher. So I lived in this balance of being a highly aggressive type A shark, basketball <laughs> player, athlete. Uh, I was skinny, scrawny, tiny. I was a scrapper. I went to school with nunchucks because I was <laughs> scrapping for everything that I was a tomboy. Uh, but in that season of my life, I learned that, you know, winners do tough things. Mm. They apply, you know, we have something that's called the, the, the method of speed and accuracy, frequency meaning practice over and over and over. If you don't have the skill set right now to do something you dream about doing, don't use that as an excuse. I don't have a college mm -hmm. education. I don't have a degree. I didn't have rich parents. I didn't have some kind of special privilege, but I was willing to do tough things over mm -hmm. and over and over and over again. So frequency creates speed and accuracy. So if you're wanting to get better in, in, in Facebook or Instagram, social media, branding, uh, or in sales, don't stop just because it's not working for you today. Continue to optimize. One of our core values inside of our company is optimization. So even if you had a great month this month, optimize to say, but how can I make it better? And that means you're never at peace. It's an amazing thing. You can have peace even in, in the process of progression if you mm. keep your eyes on the right price. So we apply those basketball stories. We apply those uh, miracle stories. I apply, you know, singing at the Olympics, all the things that I've been blessed to do, all the wins, but I also apply mm. all the failures. And in order to scale a company, uh, one of the companies we started in the game room of my brother's house, my brother and my husband were able to scale it to a $1.2 billion market cap, mm. uh, take it on NASDAQ. And so when you go through that, you don't have massive successes, whether you're an Olympic athlete, whether you're a, an Olympic CEO, you don't have big successes without a lot of failures and optimization. Yeah. And so by applying these methods of looking at where you're at, where you've won, where you failed, and then make the course adjustments in order to get you into the place where you hope to be. Yeah, I love that. And I'd like my background as well is from sports. The listeners know that that's where all my stories come from as well. And I believe that 
that is a great learning platform for kids that yes, mm -hmm. like you said, you don't have the skills now, you don't have the skills now, but eventually with repetition, repetition mm -hmm. and not just repetition, but get feedback, learn from it, improve it yes. and then repeat. That's a great learning tool for life and business. You know, Bruce Lee once said, I, I don't fear the man who practices 10,000 kicks mm. one time, but I fear the man who practices one kick 10,000 times. Yeah. And that's how you gain mastery in something. You know, there's a lot of people, they're shotgun mentality. They're jack of all trades, master of none, because they're just a shotgun. But what we train people to do, and I know I, you know, I did a little bit of stalking of you as well and studying of you, <laughs> is what we're going for is not shotgun mentality, but rifle focus. Mm. And when you bring yourself into rifle clarity, rifle focus, you are able to do what we call the 1% method. And that requires 1% method of micro progress is doing the little things every single day mm. that have geometric or compounding results that over the course of 12 months, it shifts your life. It shifts mm. your business. So a lot of people see, you know, their, their big audacious dream but they haven't learned how to reverse engineer any goal. Even if you're, even if you're a few hundred thousand dollars in debt and you're like, I've got to get out of debt within the next three years. Cause I want to get married. I want to get in that dress or I want to, I want to be at a certain place in my life. Well, as long as you have a clear target and you are willing, you know, a dream without a plan is nothing but wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. So you've got to take the dream and then create a game plan on how you can reverse engineer it, put it into a quarterly goal and then into a monthly goal, then into a weekly goal. And if you can break it down to what you need to be doing or your team every single day, well, give it a course of a year. It's like a penny doubled. A penny by itself means nothing. It seems like it's so worthless, but double it every day in 30 days, it becomes over $5 million. That same type of compounded effort or frequency, which you teach as a, as an athlete, as a coach, as a, as a trainer, as a podcast host, that frequency is what creates speed, accuracy, and ultimately mastery. Very much so. And I love the 1% um, analogy as well, because when I speak to people about that, where a simple thing is you go, okay, if you improve 1% every day, where are you going to be in a hundred days? And most people, they instantly go to, I'm a hundred percent. Whereas it's not, it's, you've compounded right. that. Your it's exponential growth, which is just insane, which many people aren't aware of. But I love how you speak about that. The 1%, breaking it down, having those massive goals, but mm -hmm. then reverse engineering it. And one thing that I really love about you as well, from seeing what you've done, reading about you, watching your podcast as well is, your different methods. You mentioned the sweet, but there's mm -hmm. one that really, it really got my attention and it's the boom method. Would you be able to yeah. explain the boom method to the listeners? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I woke up one day, I had this very bizarre dream and I, and, and anybody that follows me on social media or, or in our programs, they know I had this really incredible, I think it's a spiritual gift of, I have dreams before things happen. So before 2020 happened, I dreamed that there was going to be a cataclysmic earthquake or some type of major event that was going to shut down the grid and force people to almost be like in China where you're, you can't go outside. Mm -hmm. You've got things. So 
my husband and I, we were able to prep for 2020. Uh, we sold our house. We got an RV. And so 2020 was the best year of our life because we were in the mountains. We were fishing. We were having an incredible time. Um, this has happened so many times in my life. Well, this was the boom factor is, is something that happened through another dream. I woke up and in this dream, I kept seeing a neon flashing sign that said sonic boom sonic boom and so I, I woke up and i'm like this is like three o'clock in the morning which kind of seems to be my time i woke up and i'm studying sonic boom and I'm, at first i'm thinking sonic boom we have a place here in the united states called sonic and it's like a, a, a hamburger drive-in place and i thought well maybe i'm supposed to invest <laughs> in sonics and i thought no that didn't feel right because we're kind of into nutrition and all of that so I, I looked up sonic boom and i began to realize that what creates a sonic boom is pressure the pressure built up in the atmosphere allows the plane at a certain level of velocity and speed to go through the pressure. And when it penetrates the pressure, it creates the boom. And so as I'm studying that that morning, I'm like, man, that is so powerful because so many people think pressure or adversity is set against them as, as opposed to realizing the only way you get liftoff is to have a force against you on a plane in order to get you the elevation that you mm. need. So this is where uh, I have a saying that says, when you have a setback, don't take a step back, but get ready for your comeback. Because sometimes a setback is actually a set up for you to rethink, reboot, recalibrate, or maybe reinvent your life. Mm. And so the, the, the boom, we broke it into an acronym that is breaking out of mediocrity. People who live in a mediocre lifestyle or they don't want to get out of their comfort zone, they're uh, at risk adverse, uh, averse, they, they don't want to try new things, they're not willing to study, they're not willing to practice. Those are mediocre people today. Those mm -hmm. are the people that are hung up and caught up in uh, the rhetoric of, of media. They sit around, they, they, they listen to what media is telling them, they get afraid, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And those are the people in surfing that gets succumbed by the wave because mm. they run away from big that. things. They run away from big opportunities. Mm. Now the people who boom, break out of mediocre mediocrity, what they're doing is they're looking for the wave. They're looking for point break. They're looking for the rip curl. And what are they doing? They're paddling out into unknown territories outside of the comfort zone of most people. They're getting into a place and they're watching the atmosphere. They're watching the swells and they're waiting for the moment to take action. That's what it is to be a good CEO. That's what it is to be a good thought leader, a good entrepreneur, a great mm -hmm. marketer, somebody who's excellent in branding is you wait and you watch the movements. You watch how, okay, there's recession. Okay. There's pandemic. Okay. There's fear. Know that that's the swell of opportunity. Yeah. We don't run away from opportunity. We surf the wave. And so when you get on top of the surf, there's three places on the surf where, you know, you've got the, the base of the surf where, you know, it's a safer zone, but it's not where you're going to experience your power in the middle. And at the top, you want to go up and down and up and down. So you experience the momentum of a solid rip curl. If you're inside of that curl or, or the point break, you are going to be able to ride it longer than most mm. people. So when you study things, and this is where business psychology is really important Business is 80% emotional management, 80%. So not only the management of other people, but 80% of managing your own emotions, your emotions of what you focus on. Should I make that call? Well, what if they reject me? Well, what if they don't? Well, what if I fail? Well, what if you succeed? It's managing the flip of instead of running away from opportunity, learning how to surf the wave. Yeah. 
And I'd, I love that because, like you said, most people, they want to stay in the water at about knee knee height. But then there's only so much fun with that. You, yeah, you can splash around, but the best fun is out there in the waves. And it's not just paddling out to the waves, but then turning around. And Come like on. you said, yeah, you paddle into it. You don't paddle away yeah. from it. Paddle into it <laughs> and then surf it. And that's where all the fun is. And it that, is. That's where the growth and is. It's exciting. Yes. It's exciting. And it's and here's what's incredible. If you really are able to take advantage of a, a point break, for example, you're able to take advantage of a really good wave. People watch. People spectate. Mm. People who've never surfed before will watch you and say, wow. And I've always said in my life, because we've had some pretty big wins and, and, and we've been crashed. I've, I've been taken down by some pretty big waves too, but I get back up, you know, Bethany Hamilton was a, it's a phenomenal story and a great movie gets her arm, but obviously had a dream of being mm, a championship surfer, definitely. gets her arm bitten off by a shark. What did she do? Did she say, Oh God, I'm never going to go in the water again. I'm never going to surf again. No, inside of her, she knew she was born for that adversity. Mm. She knew now she went through some depression you know, you can imagine you lose what seems to be your dream, your arm, which is a major portion of your balance. Yeah. But instead of staying inside of that realm of depression, what did she do? She got back on up on the board and she retrained, she rebooted, recalibrated and reinvented her surf so that she could go back and win championships. Some of you have been taken down by some pretty big waves divorce, mm. setback, molestation. I mean, we have a, 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 a nonprofit organization. We rescue women and girls through our nonprofit organization. And, and these are people who have gone through major, major trauma, a lot of PTSD. Mm. And here's the thing, the beautiful part about what science has proven us today through neuroplasticity, it doesn't matter what you've been through. I mean, I'm a woman of faith, so I believe anything is possible. I believe that God is able to turn anybody's life around. But even on a scientific level, if you don't even believe in God, then you have to believe that neuroplasticity says that you can change your future with mm. the right amount of dedication, duplication, and obviously frequency and repeat, you can make anything shift. And that's really what we're all about is helping people make those big shifts. Yeah, definitely. And I know that you use some great examples because in your talk, you speak about Oprah Winfrey, what she went through yeah. to where she's at. You can also look at Eric Thomas, what he's been through, where he's at. Steve Harvey, what he's been through. Any number of people that in order to get to greatness, it wasn't just given to them on a platter, but they've overcome adversity. They've overcome obstacles. They've, they haven't just gone, uh, like, poor me, poor me, but it's that whole mentality. Right. And what is something that you might be able to share with our with our listeners about being able to flip it over? Because you mentioned about flipping it to what if it fails, but then what if it succeeds? Do you have some advice that our listeners could have for that mindset? Yeah, you know, your what ifs will determine your future. Mm. Your what ifs. So if, if all of your what ifs are based on a foundation of negativity, your what ifs will keep you from the greatest opportunities. Well, what if I fail? What if I lose my money? What if there is a recession? What if all I've saved up for my retirement is, is swept away? Okay. Yeah. Or what if this is the moment I've been waiting for? Mm. What if this is that one chance of a lifetime? What if this is maybe I've, maybe I've, I've been rejected a thousand times for every role in, in Hollywood, but what if this is the one? And if you keep leaning to the faith-based what ifs, you know, I, I am so confident 
that faith is the substance, meaning it's real. It's not ethereal. It's not mm-hmm. out there. It's not hokey pokey. Yeah. It is, it's real. It's raw. It's relevant. And it's tangible. Faith is the substance of the things you've hoped for, the evidence of things that have not yet been seen. Mm-hmm. So that means it has already happened somewhere, somewhere out there. But now you, instead of chasing your dream, what you've got to do is you've got to get positioned for your, your dream is chasing you. Mm. And sometimes we get so busy doing a bunch of things, or we get so busy just getting distracted that we are going all over the place. And our dream is like, just, just stop for a minute, pause, yeah. breathe, meditate, and watch how God's working for you, not against you. Mm. And when you feel that, you begin to get in this sweet spot of favor where you've got your strengths operating. You've got your weaknesses at bay, which is your kryptonite. You've got energy production happening and you've got at bay energy demanding people, energy demanding circumstances. And then the final thing in the sweet spot is the T. You've got time expansion on your side because you've learned the art of collaboration and Mm -hmm. alignment. And those are the things that allow you to turn 24 hours into 48, into 96, and really into unlimited time because you're no longer trying to do everything like an island by yourself. You've yeah. learned how to create a community and an ecosystem of progress. Yeah. And I, I love that because so many people are so busy doing things that aren't really the needle movers. And yet they're so bogged right. down. They've got their blinkers on and going, oh, I can only do this. I can only do this. I've got so, but yet if they take it off and that sort of leads into as well, a great question that I was thinking of when you were talking about that, when you open your mind up, and you bring that team in. And that's what we're about is about company and culture. So yeah. would you be able to share both some, the effects of positive company culture, but also no doubt you would have seen the side effects of negative positive <laughs> culture. Would you be able to talk through both of those? Because I like to see both sides of the seesaw. Uh, so we'll start I off think with the everybody, positive. Yeah, I think everybody wants to win. Mm. Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to have a successful eight-figure, nine-figure company, but not everybody's willing to pay the price tag that that requires. And the price tag is not how many people can you hire, how many deals can you do? The price tag is leadership. Can you be the right leader and not the wrong lid? So John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid, but if you think about leadership, leadership there's always going to be the tip of the spear. You don't have to be the most charismatic leader in the room. Good to great. If you read good to great, it's a phenomenal book. Um, You don't have to be the most charismatic leader, but you do have to be a leader that's setting the pace for the team, for the company. And if you are a leader that has a bent towards negativity or has a bent towards trauma or has a bent towards gossip, or maybe you're just, your core values are a little off. You're, You're not all that when it comes to integrity. Maybe you got some little white lies. What you do as a leader in moderation, your company will do in excess. And let me just take that into the family. What you do as a mom or dad, your children will do in excess. Mm. So you think you're getting away with those little white lies. You think you're getting away with those little cheats, but they are, somebody is watching and someone is duplicating. So when we talk about corporate culture, we, it's no different for corporate culture as it is for family culture mm. or team culture. You've got to identify number one. We talk about in, in, in our programs, we talk about core values and we talk about culture values. Yeah. 
And they're very different. Core values are the things that should be the filter for every decision that you make, every partner, every venture capitalist, uh, every area of infrastructure, development, sales, product development. You need to have core values. If one of your core values, for example, is we value service. And mm. you know you've got a, 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 I can't think of a better word, but a crappy product. <laughs> and it, that means it's not fitting through your core values because yeah. you will not be able to maintain the client success or the corporate, uh, the customer service of that. So it wouldn't even make it onto your um, your list. You'd have yeah. to, when in doubt, throw it out, right? Yeah. So your your core values are the filter for which every business decision is made. Now your culture values and, and we have a long list of culture values. One of ours is timeliness. And we say, you know, early is on time, on time is late, and late mm. is unacceptable. Yeah. And why is that? Because time expands, do you respect the other people that are going to be in the room with you? If you're the guy that always shows up late, or you're the girl that always shows up late, then that just means that you are probably ego-driven, and you think your time is more important. So you might say, well, the, the you know, the traffic was terrible. No, you left late the traffic got you yeah. so those little things another one like i said is optimization that is a culture value so are you optimizing your department on a weekly monthly basis let's just talk about social media uh, don't just post and hope that you outrun the algorithm or that you're chasing likes or you're chasing behaviors instead constantly optimize and say what's working what's mm -hmm. not working look at your analytics sit with your team make sure that you're looking and forecasting in the that's optimization so your culture values are how you do business it's how on the inside of your operation you know we value honor and we say mm -hmm. this all the time we honor our teammates not because they're always right or they're always nice sometimes they just come we got a lot of women in our program so uh <laughs> that comes with menopause that comes with emotions hormones and i always say you don't honor other people because they're honorable. Mm -hmm. You honor them because you're honorable. And when you create a culture of honor, you don't have the backbiting, the division, the backstabbing. What you have is you have like the, the Navy SEALs. You've got no man left behind. Mm -hmm. And when somebody's down, the rest of the team, we get in there and fight for them. Even if they're having an emotional, bad, nasty attitude day, we know something must have happened because if they're mm -hmm. not honorable and it's part of our culture, then we got to go in and we got to figure out how do we rescue them and how do we bring them out restored? So those culture values inside of a company, they help build the strength of what it is that you're creating so that you can become what we call a city on a hill, a company that people want to emulate, a book that people want to read. You know, nobody wants to read the book of the CEO that has a nasty attitude, yeah. but everybody wants to know how do you keep a culture of happiness? You've been mm -hmm. doing it for 12 years. How do you do that? And that's why culture values are so important. Yeah. And I, I love that as well, because exactly what you said, and you, you mentioned before that you were a black belt for me as well. It's <laughs> a lot of it comes from martial arts as well. Cause I'd like, I was a black belt in Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, submission, wrestling, the whole box and dice. But yeah, being on time is being late because you want to turn right. up there and you turn up, you don't turn up as, as it's about to go, you're ready. You're on the mat because that, as you said, is the ultimate form of respect, respect, mm -hmm. not just for your boss, for your sensei, but also for yourself as well. It's so true. There's so much about martial arts. Um, and I was in mixed martial arts and, and I actually, I became a better skier. I became a better mm -hmm. athlete. I became a better coach. I be by the things that you learn when it comes to what you focus on, 
what you honor, mm. how you show respect to others. And you know what's interesting, David, you know, the, the stronger you get, the wealthier you get, the mm. better you get at your trade, the less you want to fight. Because yeah. you know, one punch, I can kill you. Yeah. One punch, you can kill me. I don't have to prove my strength to somebody because I have a certainty mm. that outweighs their uncertainty. And if I play to their uncertainty, then what I'm doing is I'm, we call it wearing a crown. Uh, uh, we call it a crown of righteousness, a right standing, being in posture. And so if I'm a queen and I walk into a room and I'm wearing a crown and there's people gossiping and murmuring and talking and I dip my head to that conversation, my crown falls it, off. Falls off, Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I lose my royalty. I lose my positioning. But when you walk into a room, if you understand, you study kingdoms and you study uh, supreme monarchies, uh, then you then you know that there there's no one that can contend with you if you're the king of the room. Mm. And and there's a story that I tell that actually is a story. It happened inside of a church. Uh, there was a, a man that came from Africa that had a lion, and and he was doing you know this work over in the United States. And there was this big church. They had you know like a big choir and everything mic'd up. And this guy walks to the front of the the the. Uh, I guess you call it a platform walks mm. up to the front of the platform to speak with this lion and the lion was uh, on a leash. And so you can imagine there's a couple thousand people in the room and, and a little freaky, especially if you're the first I people in the first row, right? <laughs> way, I'll into the back there. Exactly. And so he walks up and he unhooks the lion and he steps back and the lion takes two steps to the front of the edge of the stage and lets out a massive roar. And obviously that if you if you've ever heard a lion anyhow it it just sends tingles yeah. through your spine it's so loud let alone with the microphones. So there wasn't a person that was moving. That lion let out a roar and then he went from the right of the room all the way across the entire auditorium not a single person moving. When he finished going all the way across the room he turned around, turned his back to the audience, went back to where the seat was, where the man was, and he rolled over like a cat with his belly up. <laughs> the man there said, the, the pastor that was there said, what just happened? And he said, what happens with a lion? He walks into a room and he establishes authority. And once he establishes his authority, his alpha, he looks to see, can anyone and will anyone rival my authority? And if they don't, he said that now he can go into peace. And he can rest because he has a certainty that outweighs mm. the uncertainty of the room. And that's what it is to wear a crown of authority, a crown of wisdom, to walk into a room and not be searching. for. I had the addiction of, of approval for years, for over 40 years of my life. I was looking for girls. I was looking for people to esteem me. I was mm. looking to, I was driving for wins. I was in a performance mentality as a, as a corporate executive. When I laid that down and realized, you know what? There's something I bring to the world that no one else can bring. And mm. I have this deep connection that I believe that if heaven's for me, then hell can't stop me. And, and when you walk into a room like that and other people are operating and, and murmuring and complaining and backbiting and, oh, my God, this is, you know, we got this recession <laughs> and what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You just walk in and you don't have to do it with ego or narcissism mm. or pride. You do it with humility and love. Mm. And you become, instead of a thermometer, like everybody else, you become the thermostat. You keep yeah. your head up and you shift the environment. And yeah. really, that's why culture value is so important. As the leader, you've got to keep your crown on. You've got to remain in mm. alpha. 
and you've got to make sure that you're the ther- thermostat of the room shifting the environment. Yeah. And yeah, cause that goes back to, again, we've touched on it a few times about the bending towards negativity or bending towards positivity. And just like with, with everything, it, it has that, that ability to attract as well. So if you're mm. constantly there, you're bending towards positivity, bending towards positivity, it will attract people across and be one. And like your coin analogy, you double it every day, becomes right. 5 million. You double that positivity every day. Just imagine where your company will go. But on the flip side, if they come <laughs> in with that negativity, you double that every day, it just can wreak havoc. That's why we have so much mental trauma right now. Mm. That's why we have so many, because people, and, and here's the thing, is a lot of people have been programmed to do that because of their mom, their dad, yeah. their environment. So they have to break free from the stigma or the triggers that have created that DNA. And they've mm. got to begin to say, I'm separating myself from that. Like we've got folks who have been homeless, who've been murderers, who've been uh, gone through terrible PTSD in order to create and be able to have the neuroplasticity of change, which comes through habit reconstruction. In order to do that, you've got to be able to, number one, address it. We do something called a, uh, it's called the um, timeline experience, where we go back into the information of your past. Mm. So whether it's trauma, whether it's you've been through multiple uh, wars, or maybe you've gone through divorce or whatever, bankruptcies, it doesn't matter. It's information. But if you're giving it, if you're feeding it and you're daily going, well, why did that happen? And, and I'm not going to trust that person anymore. And I'm not going to trust them. And well, I'm never going to do that. Well, what you're doing, you're leaning to the negative side. And so your history is still stagnation. You're locked in it. You can't forgive. You can't let go. But when you turn your history into information, it's there, but it doesn't control you. You forgive because you know you you need to have freedom. So I went through to, when I was a nominator for New Female Vocalist of the Year. I married a rodeo cowboy, world champion rodeo cowboy, and I ended up he ended up leaving me, divorced me. It was abusive. I went through suicidal depression. Now mm. I have all that. I don't have a single emotional trigger from that because mm. I realized that information that setback was a setup today for me to work with women who've been abused, who've been hurt, who've been raped, who've gone through some major traumas. Mm. So that information, I was able to put it into a cocoon of transformation so that I could learn some methods and modalities to move it into duplication where other people could also get set free. And then I was able to move it into monetization, which, you know, our, our courses start at $20,000 and go up. So Mm. we have, a massive proven system of how to get people at any level of life into transformational change. But it really does require the entire process. If you continue to lean towards the negative, you will never experience the abundant life that I believe every person was designed to live. I was about to say that, that it's not just for, for the minority. It really is for the majority, but it's that mental block. And I'm (laughs) conscious of time because I could keep going for a long time. You're just a wealth of information, but just quickly, who would be your ideal client? And also where can people find you um, on your website, social media? Where's the best place for people to get in contact with you? Excellent. Well, I, first off, go to fbfchallenge.com. That is a free mastery course that we offer seven days. And whether you are just starting out or whether you're eight figure scaling to nine, 
it gives you the foundation of where you need to anchor your transformational shift into your next bracket, whether that's an income bracket, whether that's getting married, whether that's taking your team and expanding your team globally. Um, FBF and FBF stands for fueled by fire, right? So we're going to be fueled by a lot of stuff, but I believe being fueled by something bigger than yourself to get you to a place you've never been able to go by yourself. So FBFchallenge.com. Now, my ideal client is we work with CEOs, we work with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, we work with a lot of uh, high income leaders, but we also work with people who want to get there, who yeah. say, you know, what? I believe I was born for something more than this. You know, I always say I'm not willing to work with rich people. I'm willing to work with hungry people, whether they're rich or poor. Mm. And so the most important thing is that you have a hunger. You know, I think it was Les Brown that said, you got to be hungry. You, you got to stay hungry. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know and that. so if you're hungry and you have a desire to be an influencer in the marketplace, I'm not looking to work with just people who want to make money. Quite frankly, that's a dime a dozen. Those are cheap, mm. cheap people, even if they're in eight figures. I want to work with people who want to move from success to significance help us flip the script on all the chaos that's happening in the world right now and create some voices and some influencers that are going to make shift happen. Beautiful. And also besides going to the FFB, LinkedIn, FBF Facebook, challenge. Oh, FBF. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. And do you do LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram? Is there all any of specific, yeah. oh, all of the above? At Stacey Wallace. Yeah. I do uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, and it's all at Stacy Wallace, S-T-A-C-I-W-A-L-L-A-C-E. And our, my website is stacywallace.com. Beautiful. And everyone, all the listeners, check it out and check out her book, Books. Because what, what was the most recent one? Fueled by Fire. Fueled by Fire. Yeah. Uh, that, that's exciting. And everyone, grab a copy and connect with Stacy. And Stacey, I want to thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on the podcast. I'm sure the listeners got so much value from that and you have more to offer. So go check out Stacey at a website and all of the other places as well. The links will be in the, in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful chief operations officer, human resource manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.